Welcome to the Sage Advice Podcast, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and this is yet a th- another installment where I'm going to be talking to my Sage colleague, Rachel Fish. Welcome back to the podcast, Rachel. Thanks so much, Ed. Happy to be here. And today, we, well, this part of we, anyway, decided that what we should talk about. <laughs> the Ed part of we. <laughs> the, yeah. Ed, the, the Ed part of we thought that we could have a conversation about something that is one of my favorite soapboxes to get up and preach off of. And that is the way that CPE is handled in the professions. CPE, for those of you who don't know, is continuing professional education. And I believe, Rachel, the, the, the way that it, it came about is, and this is, correct anything that I say that is not true about Canada, but in, in the, in the professions you, you, you have, and this is true of doctors, lawyers, anyone who's in, in a profession of any sort normally has some kind of basic requirement that they have to go to, to make sure that they're learning new stuff. Yes. Right. And that they're staying current on what's going on in, in either particular industry or with with regulations and the nature of that sort. So CPE has been something that is been in a lot of cases the bane of a lot of accountants existence because they have to get a certain number of hours per year or every couple of years. And it yeah. varies even in the U.S. by state as to how much they have to have when they have to have it. But the basic notion is it's, and I believe it's it's eighty hours every two years in most states in the U.S. Okay, and that's so if you don't get it one year, you can get it the next year, but you're you still- can get it the next year and you can roll it in. So it's a, a, basically a rolling a rolling two years worth, and you have to have eighty credits, which is eighty roughly eighty hours. Okay, and the a lot of it is tracked on on the the honor system which is, yeah. you know, you, you attended and, and the people, and there's also regulations about how long the person who's providing the CPE has to hold on to the fact that you were registered there and you oh they got goodness. a signature and a login and all kinds of crazy stuff on, on yeah. this side. But so, so is that, is that, is that differ at all in Canada? Well, this is what I was trying to figure out because when you were talking about like, let's talk about the, you know, crap show that is CPE. I'm like, what is it? What's the, I don't understand. What's the big deal? So I started digging into it. So thank you for encouraging me to, <laughs> to do some research. I mean, when you're talking to Ed, you kind of have to know your stuff, right? Um, so yeah, I did do some digging and the way that it works is a little different in Canada than it is in the US. So we have CPA Canada. We also have, so CPA Canada is essentially all accountants, um, or most at least. So we used to have a CGA, CMA, and then a CA. Those three designations got rolled into a single designation, which is CPA. So in the U.S., where a CPA is almost is exclusively like a, an accountant in practice with clients, um, in this case, a CPA, they could be a controller or a CFO or a, you know, like in, the, in industry or in practice, in government, whatever. It's all kind of mixed. So in that case, it sometimes it makes it more difficult (laughs) to figure out kind of who all needs what and sometimes it does kind of simplify for it so we've got this federal program cpa canada it is then administered provincially so that would be like instead of where in the u.s you've got aicpa which is federal or in fact global and then you've got the state societies it would almost be as if there were the state societies it was simply a federal aicpa and then a state driven aicpa does that make sense 
mm-hmm. and almost like a state chapter of so that's kind of the so that's how organizationally CPAs are are different in Canada. And then digging through kind of the CPD requirements. So we call them CPD instead of CPE, but they mean the same thing, um, continuing professional development, is that um, you do have a minimum requirement each year of 20, but a rolling triannual of 120. So if in a single year you're below 20, that means that you haven't met your requirement, but you just have to make sure that you make up for it in the next two years. But because that triannual is rolling, it means that every combination of three successive years needs to have that 120 hour requirement. So I don't think in that case, it's that much different for how it's counted, right? I think where where it gets into stickiness is then what can be included in that or, right? That's kind of where the, the issues start. Yes and no. So, and I think that, and just one question. So when you say that it's provincially mandated, all of the provinces are the same, have that same requirement with the 20 and then 120? Um, Correct. Yes, there are very minor details on Mm. kind of the requirements within each, but Generally speaking, so I'm going to be talking, the one that I did the most research on was CPA Ontario. It's the one that I'm most familiar with. Happens sure. to live in Ontario, so it works. There's um, a shock. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not, um, it's not going to be terribly different regardless of what province you go to, but what they say counts or doesn't count or what's verifiable or unverifiable may vary slightly. But generally speaking, it's, it's pretty much across the board. Okay. So, yeah. so, so the first thing I would say is that your substitution of the word development for education is more, let's, how should I put this, honest than it is in the U.S. Okay, yeah. Because, he, because here, here is my beef with it. As, as someone who is oftentimes a provider of CPE right. or a CPD, yeah. I, I walk into a classroom or a, a session at a conference and there are people there who are there just so they can get their credit. Yes. And they will just sit in the back of the room, sometimes reading a newspaper or doing email or with their headphones on, yeah. <laughs> listening to a podcast or God knows yeah. what. Yeah. And there is nothing there is no no way for me as the provider, the 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 instructor in the room, whatever you want to call the person who's who's doing the the sharing of knowledge right. to say this person did not absorb anything. Right. In fact, the exact opposite is true from a rating standpoint. And that is after the session is over, they fill out a form where they say, well, this guy knew what he was talking about and he, I didn't like his slides and the room was too cold <laughs> and the yeah. chairs were uncomfortable. And Oh, by the way, the coffee sucked. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know about you, Rachel, but when I went to college, it kind of worked a little bit differently. I don't know how it works in Canada, but the, yeah. way, it works, but the way it works there is you as the student go in and you have to demonstrate back to the person who's teaching you that you actually learned something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, is that, that how it is in Canada in college too? Um, well, so yes, <laughs> in college, but then we get to the con- the conversation about, so the CPD requirements, there are verifiable and non-verifiable mm-hmm. hours, right? So it needs to be at least 50% verifiable and it, there's a list of documentation on what that includes, right? An invoice, sure. a letter, uh, whatever. Um, and then 
it talks about the different activities. So for example, Ed, in your case, would you get CPE for teaching? I would if I were a CPA. Right. But I'm not. It would so be yes, right. I would it, would. it would be eligible for that, and that's and okay. that's fine and great. And I, I I sort of understand where they're coming from on that. That they want to reward you for this. My big my big beef here is that it there there's no provision at all for did the professional actually learn and absorb anything new, or right. was their butt in a seat or in front of a screen or whatever. And then we have these absolutely ridiculous requirements from like when you do it remotely. That, yeah. for example, you've got there, you've got to have at least three tests at some point where there's a quiz, but it doesn't have to be about the material. <laughs> it just can be a random right. question like, "How is the weather today in your area?" And they just have to prove that they were attentive to the screen. Right. That's all they have to prove. Not that they right. learned anything from you, but again, that they were just attentive. Yeah, and you pay attention just enough to to get that keyword, type it in somewhere, <laughs> and you're good, right? That's that's right. <laughs> you know, and and then the other the other side of this is as a result is that as a provider, I rather not have those people in the room because they're a distraction to the actual conversation. Yeah, and you know, I, and part of me feels like saying to them, and I've never actually done this, although I have thought it. Listen, I will just give you credit if you would just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I will find whatever you need me to find to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it just it just seems to, to me to be somewhat uh, disingenuous of, of professionals to say that, hey, we have this requirement for continuing education, but it right. not fully really be about education it's it, there, there's a there's there seems to be a mismatch from my perspective now i do know that a couple of states of course maryland leading away i'm, I'm sure you've met tom hood yeah, who's one of the the, the foremost thinkers uh, in and he's always in the top 100 most influential people in accounting in north america it, it is is saying no hey listen we have to there's got to be some demonstration of competency here right yeah. and reciprocal nature of it. So I think that that's good. So they may be headed in the right direction, but a lot of these other places, it's, it's just, it's just downright weird. It is a little bit. Um, they, they've recently, CPA Ontario has recently kind of added some additional elements, which I actually thought were really interesting. Um, okay. And it has to do with, now I have to find, I've got so many links on all of this CPA <laughs> <laughs> news and yeah. stuff, but it had to do with, um, starting so the three years that end in 2021 which is the end of two years from now so it came into effect last year i believe okay um, got it yep four of your verifiable verifiable hours actually are required to be in ethics training which i thought was interesting um they they just introduced that rolling three year and here's one which i think is probably more up your alley um they kind of um went into a little bit more detail for those holding public accounting licenses. So you can be a CPA and work in industry. You can work, be a CPA and even have your own accounting firm. But basically, if you want to brand yourself a CPA um, using all of those marketing materials and, and align yourself with the CPA, including giving tax advice um, and using the CPA or 
using the CPA branding to say that you are a CPA offering advisory services. So that to me is kind of what most states societies do. Like you can't just be a willy nilly CPA <laughs> in the mm. US, you can in Canada. Um, but then they kind of go into an, an extra level, which is that public accounting license. In that CPD requirement, they've kind of added some additional um, requirements. So um, they, if you perform an audit function, you've got a new obligation that your CPD must be, uh, must develop and maintain the competencies required for the role. So you can't go take a CPD on um, bird nest making, right? It has to be completely and uh, demonstrated through learning outcomes and an attestation. So to me, what they're requiring is exactly what you're asking the state societies to require is if you're serious about this, if you take on clients and if you're a public accountant, then we need that extra level of assurance or security that you know what you're talking about. What I couldn't yet get to was what does that look like, right? Does the CPA Ontario actually send out tests? Like how, how is it demonstrated or how is it tested? So they have this requirement. I just haven't quite figured out how they actually verify that. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And, and again, it yeah. might be on the honor system, which is fine. Maybe that's why they, they had the ethical requirement put in there, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, which I believe is in all 50 states as well, that there, there is an ethics, you have to take some kind of uh, a certain number of hours in ethics and okay. hand to God, I once did see in Craigslist and somebody showed me the list. It was, it was somewhere in California. So you don't have to worry about it being Canada, but, but it was who it was, they were trying to hire someone who would sit for the ethics piece for them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a Craig Lick's dad. Yeah. It was, yeah. Will someone sit for me for the ethics? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone who doesn't get to the point. Maybe somebody really needs to take that class. Maybe, um, maybe yeah. you need to take that class. And they have so for the for the public accounting license, they also have very specific learning outcomes that is to come out of each of the technical competency areas. So again, I think that they've kind of they're trying to kind of tighten that a little bit, but it's just the how that's actually done. Yeah, it's maybe clearly a challenge. Canada, maybe you just need to only teach accountants in Canada. <laughs> well, see, there you go, and you can be influential in that for me, Rachel. So. I could try. <laughs> I I love teaching in Canada. I have been to Canada a number. I met my my wife in Canada, so Canada oh, nice. is near That's and dear awesome. to my heart. Yeah, yeah. She's not Canadian, but I met her in Canada. That's fine. We we yeah. allow those two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone All right. Well. Them. Well, I think this is this is a fascinating discuss, discussion, Rachel. We'll con- continue it. I, I I just find the whole thing as an outsider, in a sense, looking in. It's it's always struck me as a bit odd that yeah. this was would be what was the way that this was handled. And it's by the way, it's not just accountants. It's the, it's, it's fairly similar for lawyers, architects, anybody oh, sure. who's in a, yeah anybody who's in a professional environment. I think this probably does not make you feel any better. But I think doctors and dentists too. It's the same thing. It's basically just no, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for your input. This is it was great to to, to share this with you, and and uh, we hope your audience in, enjoyed this conversation. For sure, yours too. For more sage advice, visit and subscribe at sageadvicepodcast.com.